You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, glory to God, we had uh, a little nostalgia there. Hallelujah, some hymns. And uh, those are two of my favorite hymns. Uh, I love the blood. Any song about the blood is good. But, uh, you know, they are two of the, uh, my all-time favorites. So I asked her to kind of st- do some things and some things there. We were talking about stuff. And so, praise the Lord. She can sing all the newfangled stuff, but sometimes it's just nice, to, especially during this time. You know, those hymns and songs are all about here. And aren't you glad that you can live because he lives? I mean, that's the thing about it. People ask us, well, how do you know that he lives? Because he lives in me. I'm changed. I'm changed. Nobody can take away from your testimony. Amen? That's the wonderful thing about it. Hallelujah. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 19. We're going to share about the cross. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and, I, and uh, I was thinking about what my title might be tonight, but uh, actually, um, it's actually, the title is this, is Peace Through the Blood. So, uh, Greg, you got that? Praise God. Peace through the blood. We got this. We're good. All right. And uh, sometimes you get a little nervous to talk about the blood of Jesus, but Jesus was beaten. You know, tonight would be considered when he was doing the, uh, the Last Supper and he was also washing the disciples' feet uh, because he was taken this night and brought before them and all day long was beaten, you know, on Thursday, which is called you know, a different kind of, you know, Thursday, Monday, Thursday and stuff where he was beaten and taken before them and then taken in Friday to go and be on the cross. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and kind of do a Thursday message on a Wednesday that should be Passover or should be the day. I'm going to talk about that because many times when you, when you realize we kind of think, okay, he died on the cross, but understanding what he went through, what he had to go through and the reason that he had to go through some things, it helps us in how valuable our salvation is. I mean, he died for us. He didn't have to. Remember, Peter pulls out the sword and he cuts off the servant's ear and Jesus said, put the sword up. I never really quite, I I still kind of ponder that because right before that, he said, how many swords do we have? Peter says, we got two. I got one and I think somebody else might have had one. But anyways, Peter had one. He said, we got two. That's enough. That's what he said. That's enough. And then when they came, Peter draws out a sword because he's thinking, you asked me if I had a sword. You know, amen, right? I mean, you ask him, I'm thinking I get to use this thing and Jesus said, Peter, put up the sword. What are you doing? He's like, gosh, I missed it again. Peter was always missing it. That's why we can, we can just rejoice and be with Peter. And of course, we know a lot of things that happened with him. But, uh, but the understanding of why Jesus had to go through what he went through. You know, why did he have to be beaten and ridiculed and despised? Do you know, he had to have all of those things taking place because he fulfilled scripture. But also, he had it all taking place so that you and I could be totally set free. Amen? So I want to read some things to you, and I just want to share the stories, but I want to talk to you about, and then we're going to go over to Colossians. I tell you, the Lord has just really got me in Colossians right now. I read the book of Colossians five times the other day in three different translations, and, uh, you know, just in the morning, because I got up and I just just said, okay, because I want you to read, you know, the book of Colossians. I just read it and 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 read it, you know, and I read chapter one uh, probably about six, seven, eight times more, but just because I was like, man, it was so good. Hallelujah. And it is. If you read that, it just it makes you just, you know, it's like one person said, just make you want to reach out over, you know, grab a cornstalk, reach out over hell and just slap right in, or spit in the devil's eye. One of those two things, you know. I, I said a thing one time. I said, what it would do, it would make a tadpole slap a whale. You know, 
Hallelujah. That's what it would do. You know, you just, you just get that kind of way where it's like, woo. And after Sunday's message, that's kind of what I felt like this week. Yeah. Devil, where are you? Come on, let's do this thing. You know, you just want to reach out and find them. You're just looking for somebody to cast out devils and looking for them to hit. But uh, anyways, and if you didn't listen to Sundays, you should have listened to Sundays. Look at verse 1 of, of John 19. Uh, then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Sounds like a simple little thing. Pilate took Jesus and scourged him in the King James. You know, New Living says he took him and whipped him or he was beaten. You know, when you understand scourging, what it is and what they did and they took and they beat him and when they beat him upon his back and they did things, uh, you know, we are reenacting, uh, or not reenacting, but we actually are reenacting, but we're doing stations and we're doing the journey to the cross. So we got a whip. You know, and uh, that uh, basically it's, it's, you know, cat of nine tails. So it's nine, they did. And they put nails in it and they put bones in it and they put glass. Well, we don't have any bones and glass. So I put nails in it and everything. And I was goofing around with it and, 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 and just seeing if, how good that thing was. And man, I just came back and he just sliced my hand and my arm and everything. I was like, oh, this is awesome. It works. This is really cool, man. It took chunks out. I'm like, yes, good stuff. So I said, hey, I don't know what we can hit with that to take chunks out of. I was thinking like we had a watermelon or something like that. I'd be, I'd get the kids really into it, you know. But uh, hey, so we got that going on, you know, and, uh, and uh, got, got a spear with the sponge. We got a whole bunch of cool things that you're going to get to do. I don't get to do those. They don't let me play. So I had to play, but I made it. It's, it's awesome. And I thought, wow. Because that's what happened with you. You know, the psalmist said about when Jesus was beaten, the psalmist said that they made, they plowed rows on my back, that his, his back looked like a plowed field. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, I don't know if you've ever seen a plowed field. It's in pretty bad shape. Chunks of things here. I mean, he was, but the reason that he was beaten, and I'm not want to go do something gruesome or, or gory, but what I do want to understand is that we need to understand that when he was, God was putting upon him, when it was by his stripes that he was beaten, God was putting all of our diseases, all of our pains, all of our infirmities, all of our sicknesses, glory to God. That's what Isaiah was saying, that he was beaten and bruised for us. He was all, he was taking all that stuff on him so that we don't have to. That's why I get so mad when people want to come in and they want to say, well, you know, God wants me to No, God laid it all on Jesus. God laid it all on him. So the, Isaiah said, by, it was with his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. It is our covenant right. It is what we have. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 20, that was by stripes that we were healed. Jesus paid this price. Used to really make me mad, still makes me mad. I mean, if you want to make me really, really mad, talk about that Jesus is not enough. That you want to come against my Jesus. Because what Jesus did for me is, is the most greatest thing in all the world. He literally took my place. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, and look what it says here. And look, look, it says in verse 2, And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Now, we have misplaced or lost or thrown away our incredible crown of thorn that was very, very, very vicious and very real because we bought a real one. Actually, it was very pointy, everything. We have no idea where it went to. I have, I have scoured the church, my home. I've scoured all of our things. I do not know. It was in a nice little fancy brown box, but it, made, it was so light, maybe somebody thought, hey, there's nothing in here. We can throw it away. So we don't know where that's at. But praise God, we've got a whole other idea, and it's good stuff. So she's working on that. That's the only thing that we've misplaced other than, and I can't figure out where it went to. But 
when you understand what does it mean, why did he have to do this? Why did he have to put a crown of thorns? And if you, if you, I really wanted to have that to show you tonight. That was kind of the reason I, I just dug through everything today. I found a ton of stuff that we lost. I mean, I found a ton of things that we lost, but um, I did not find that. Okay, so but. You need to understand why. Why did they put a crown? Well, they wanted to make him the king of the Jews. No, they put a crown on him because thorns and everything represent the curse. It represents the curse. You're not under a curse. Remember what Galatians 3.13 says. You know, it is written. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law, it says. Because why? Because it is written that everyone that hangs on a tree is cursed. Amen. You know, that's it. Hangs on. He took the curse for you and I so that the blessing of Abraham could come on us. See, he snatched off judgment. He snatched off the curse. We're not under the curse. We're not under a curse. Yeah, the earth is still bound the earth, but we're not under a curse. We're the body of Christ. We're not under the curse. Amen. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law, the Bible says. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Amen? That the blessing of Abraham may come upon us. All that Abraham, it comes on us. See, Jesus, not only did he bear our sicknesses and all that, but glory to God, he bore the curse. Hallelujah. You're not cursed. I don't care what kind of family things you got going on. You accept Jesus, it breaks all curses. Amen? It breaks all things. When you accept Jesus, you get a new bloodline. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the cool thing is it breaks all of the curse that is because of our sin. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. And he bore that curse. Why? So that you and I could be blessed. I mean, he endured. He suffered all those things. You you know, I know you can get into it and they can talk. I mean, because it gets really when you look at what transpires, what took place. And when you talk about how how they created the things. Wow. You know, and what they did. Look at verse three. It says, and Jesus, and they said, hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Now they had blindfolded him. And they were hitting him and saying, hey, if you know who it is, hit you. Tell me who hit you. Tell me who hit you. And they're spitting on him. And they're doing it. And he was beaten. And he was just here, you know. And, uh, and, and all these things that were taking place. You know, Isaiah said it like this. Isaiah said he was beaten, hallelujah, and beaten for us, glory to God, that we might have peace. Amen. Now, how much, what do we need right now in the world? I was praying uh, today and just meditating in my office and praying and doing, just thinking, and I thought, Lord, we did a word. I mean, I know that we've charged them up, given them the name of Jesus and who Jesus is. And I mean, I tell you what, when you start thinking about who Jesus is, you are ready to be a part of the army. You're ready to jump up. Let's go in his name. Let's just do all things. But what is it that the biggest thing that we need and that everybody needs and that they need to to, to grab hold? And that's the peace of God that passes all understanding and the guards are. It's that peace. And when you understand that he was spit on, he was smote, and he was beating, why? So that we would have peace. Number one, that we'd have peace with God. Aren't you glad Jesus broke down the walls between us and God? No longer is there any barriers between us and the throne room of God. Hallelujah. No longer is that, we, you know, we're, we're separated there because of, you know, the Moses' law. We had to do this, had to do that just to get our sins forgiven for that one year. Glory to God. Now our sins are forgiven forever. Hallelujah. Glory to They get washed. They get white as snow. We get wiped away. Amen. But we see this peace. Why is peace so important? Because a lot of people, they can get peace with God, but you also got to get peace within yourselves. 
Amen. Hey, let's settle it. We're going to make heaven. If you're born again, you're going to make heaven. Let's settle it that the peace of God, that God's given, that God's with us, he's for us, he's not going to leave us. Let's settle it that we are Christians, we have this, and we are going to finish the course. We're going to finish this job. Amen. You know, let's quit trying to build our own kingdom on the earth, but let's try to get what God wants to do. Because first of all, when, when you understand that, when you understand that Jesus, these were, but he did, he was beaten so that we might have peace with God, that we'd have peace with ourselves. And guess what? He wanted to do it so we'd have peace with others. Amen. The Bible says, walk peaceably with all men as much as in you is, which means there's some men you can't walk in peace with. Okay. I mean, there are some people you're not going to agree with. You're not going to walk because they don't because your very existence causes them to get all upset. You're very, and that's what we're seeing in the world today as Christians. We're seeing that our very existence, that's what, whether or not you understand this, folks, they're trying to stop us from sharing the truth of the world. They're trying to stop us from being a Christian nation. They're trying to stop any kind of Christian influence because they know that, that if, as long as there's Christian influence, as long as there's life flowing from us, then they can't take it over. Nobody, because we're not going to be a herd mentality. There's not going to be a herd immunity. There's not going to be any herd anything. We're not a herd. Okay, glory to God, we're an assembly. We're not even a congregation. We don't have a congregation at Harvest Bible Church. Did you know that? We don't have a congregation. We have an assembly. We have to come together. We have an assembly. We assemble together. We assemble together as the family of God and the body of Christ. Amen. Now, see, the problem is, is that we've talked about, you know, a relationship with the Lord. Everything's a relationship. It's not religion. And everybody forgot that as an assembly, if you assemble together, we come together for a purpose that we still need to have some assembly required so that we can actually function. If you assemble a bicycle and you forget to put the pedals on, it ain't going anywhere. Okay, and the pedals say, yeah, but I'm free. I'm a I'm part of the bike. Me and the bike, me and the, you know, me and God, we're good, but I don't have to be a part of the bike. What if they're part of the bike? The bike don't roll. And you're no good laying over there on by just being by yourself. You don't even get to go see anything. But if you come into the assembly and get on the bicycle, we'll all go together and we'll get to see every scenery. We'll get to see every promise. We'll get to see everything. But if you're not going to get a part of it, then you don't get to see it either, and you're stopping us. Now, the cool thing is we'll get to roll down, and we can do our feet. We're going to get to move, and you're going to get left behind because we're going to find somebody else who wants to be the pedals. Amen. See, we look at the, but why, see, why are we not a congregation? Because we are not congregating together in the sense that we're hunkering down and we're doing this and we are an exclusive thing. We're an assembly, and assembly means people can come and they can assemble, and we can always have more assemblies. And people can still come and connect. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's free of charge. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, when you realize and see, the, and, and of course, look at, Herod goes out, and ver, or Pilate goes, excuse me, therefore he went forth again, verse 4, and he said unto them, hey, behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. You know, Pilate's trying to wash his hands. He's, he's nervous. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, they were just screaming, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I mean, when we see all of this stuff that was taking place in Jesus, you know, he jumped down, if you would, to verse 11, if you would, with me. He said this. Jesus answered. He said, you could have no power at all. Because remember what verse 10 said. Pilate said, 
aren't you going to speak into me? Don't you know that I have the power to crucify you and I have the power to release you? Jesus answered and said, you could have no power at all against me except if it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me into, unto thee hath the greater sin. And then, of course, Pilate thought even more so. He's like, this guy, man, I'm, I'm going crazy. We're all in trouble here. This is what we're going to do, you know. And I, jump down to verse 17, if you would, with me. Hallelujah. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew uh, Golgotha, you know, where they crucified him and two others with him on either side, one, either, either side, one, and Jesus in the midst. And of course, Pilate wrote on the title and put it on the cross, and, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when you understand uh, what was taking place on the cross. That's just the thing about it. We got to go to the cross. You know, the problem with a lot of folks now, they don't you know, want to talk about the blood of Jesus. They want to talk about the cross of Jesus. Listen, Jesus was a sacrifice. He was the supreme sacrifice for us. And when they nailed Jesus on that cross, they nailed your and my sin on that cross. And when he hung between heaven and earth, he was the mediator between God and man. And when he bled his blood, hallelujah, when it dripped down, it cleansed us, hallelujah. I mean, thank God for that. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not only did Jesus forgive us and, and that our sin was nailed, all of our sin was nailed, but here's something that the Lord just began to speak to my heart today. He said, what happens is, is when people believe that their sin was there, but they don't understand that the burden of their sin was nailed on the cross. What do I mean by that? It means the consequences. The burden of it, of the thinking, well, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. You don't have to sin. You can help yourself. Come on, quit complaining. You know, quit using it as an excuse. You get born again, you get to crucify your flesh. You get to put your flesh under. Amen? You get to be like the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, that enables me to live and walk by faith and to live this life by faith. Why? Because I'm crucified with Christ. I wasn't there. But glory to God, hallelujah, I believe everything that took place, everything that transpired. And because he lives in me, I know he lives because he lives in me because I'm born again. But he took, not only did he grab my sin, he took the burden of it. So when I mess up, I don't hide from him. When I mess up, I go, God, forgive me. Wow. I'm not going to put guilt and condemnation on me because there's therefore now no condemnation. Now there is condemnation when I don't repent. When I don't confess it, then I have condemnation, then I have guilt. Because what I'm trying to do is say, God, I'll work this out myself. This burden, I'll handle this burden. Maybe you can take care of this burden over here, but I'll handle this one. Now, God nailed the, the whole burden of our sin over there. He nailed all of it there. Hallelujah. So you can be free. Amen? See, we walk around with condemnation and guilt because we allow the enemy to bring fear on us. See, Jesus broke all of the fear right here. He broke the fear of death. He took the keys of death and the grave. He broke, he, he defeated him who had the power of death, the Bible says in Hebrews. He defeated him and took him and he stripped him of that power. Glory to God. The Hebrews says that death reigned from Adam to Moses. 
You say, wait a minute, death reigned after Moses. Everybody died after Moses. But there was uh, an, an, an atonement of sin because you could do, everybody would come and they would go and, and the high priest would pray and they'd put on the scapegoat and they would do this, send them out and their sins would be remitted. You know, they would be covered for that year so they could keep going. Hallelujah. But when Jesus came, glory to God, hallelujah, it was a once and for all, it was a forever sacrifice. He went up into the heavenly holies of holies and sprinkled his blood and once and for all, he obtained an eternal redemption for us. Amen? He took that all. He was beaten. He was beaten by these things. Go over to Colossians chapter 1. Now you can get over with me now. I'll start my message. No, it's all good. Hallelujah. It's all part of the message. It's all good. But this is the scripture God gave to me. Colossians 1, 20. He said this, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, And having made peace through the blood of his cross. Remember, peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace peace with others. We're not fighting against anybody else. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. There's a lot of crazy people out there. There's a lot of people that are going to say a lot of things, doing a lot. You can see that. You can hear it. We see it going on. But glory to God. Hallelujah. He is having made peace through the blood of his cross. Because by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, by Jesus, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled. Hallelujah. Amen. He reconciled these things to us in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Did you know that you're holy? Did you know that you're unblameable? Man, don't you wish you knew this when you were a kid? Mom, I'm unblameable. No, I didn't do it. (laughs) What do you mean you didn't do it? I asked Jesus to forgive me. I didn't do it. That wouldn't have worked in my house either. But it would have been a cool argument. But believe it or not, when the enemy comes and tries to bombard our minds, you've got to understand that you are holy. Why? Because I've been made holy through the blood of the cross. I have had peace. I I have peace. I have peace. Why? Because of the blood of the cross. He says, I, I, you know, and having made peace through the blood of the cross, he said this, that we were alienated, but he said, in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Wow. Holy, blameless, unreprovable. Because see, here's, that's how God looks at us. He doesn't see how lousy you and I are. He doesn't see how we failed him, how we didn't do this, how we, we told him we were going to do this, told him we were going to pray, told him we were going to read our Bibles. We told him we were going to do all these things, and we didn't do any of it. But because of the blood of Jesus, he sees us holy, unblameable. It's not your fault. So quit taking the blame. <laughs> quit taking the blame for the way the world is. Quit taking the blame, you know, because how many you know, people are telling them, well, it's the church's fault? <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble from all my pastor friends here, I guess. Sorry, but the church is doing what the church is supposed to do with all of our heart. We're doing it, and we're doing it, and we're seeing it. We're seeing multitudes being born into the kingdom of God, and pastors are doing all that they know to do. 
I mean, we're doing, yeah, are we satisfied? Absolutely not. We're dissatisfied. Do we think we can do more? Yes, we can do 24 hours a day. We, do it. we can neglect our families. We can neglect our lives. We can just go until we die. But the problem is, is that God is not a taskmaster. He's not driving us. He's loving us and caring for us and telling us, get out there and do and do. And we're being led and we're going and we're doing. You know if you're not doing right. You know if you're not being obedient. If you're not, then change. But those that are and you're doing it, quit blaming yourself. Because the Bible says in these last days and everything else that the Bible said in the Old Testament, it said this in Isaiah, you know, 4,000 years ago, that it's going to get darker and darker and that gross darkness is going to cover the people, but the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And we're not trying to, we're not trying to, but we're doing, we, we're raising the light, we're sharing the light, we're on, we're telling everybody, hey, we're here, let's do this, we're reaching out and nobody wants to hear. But the ones that want to hear are coming. And God said that. And God's going to do that. So quit blaming yourself. Just keep doing what God says to do. Be Christians. Let your light so shine. But don't blame yourself because they don't want to hear. Exactly. Exactly. That's like having the cake. And then you say, you want a piece? And they say, no. You say, awesome. Praise God. You know, when you go to the you want a piece? They say, no, you go, glory. It's cut in eight slices. I get three already. Okay, who wants some more? I mean, if you don't want it, I get the whole cake. I'm offering, I'm sharing, but if you don't want it, you don't get it, I'm going to get it. See, that's what I never, but we blamed ourselves and we got people coming against it. Now, I understand we haven't done what we should do in a lot of ways, but guess what? The church is going to do what it's going to do because God said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Jesus said that. Jesus told us that we're going to do this. Jesus declared that. And we are the church. And we're going to finish. And yes, some are going to be brighter than others. Some are going to be doing more. But glory to God, we're all going to finish. So quit blaming yourself and start doing something, but just start sharing. Doing what you know to do, but glory to God, let God be the one that, that handles the results. Amen? See why? Because we got peace through the blood of the cross. And people are always want to tell you what you're not doing, what you should do more. Amen? I mean, I've been driven in my life. You know, I mean, I do and do, we do and do, you know, and I'm like the ever-ready bunny, okay? I mean, literally. I go and go and go and go, and I can continue to go and go. I mean, I just, that's my MO. That's what I've trained myself. Not good, but it is, you know, and I don't want to stop because I don't know what it is like to stop. So if I stop, who knows what'll happen? There'll be a lot of things break, but I don't want to stop. So we're not going to keep going, you know, in that. But what I'm sharing is that we need to understand, hallelujah, what God is speaking in our heart, what he's saying, what he's doing. Go over to chapter two, go to Colossians chapter two, verse 14. Hallelujah. Don't know about you, but I'm, I'm having a good time. <laughs> I want to set you free. Because we, you know, we have peace through the blood. And that peace is, is that, wait a minute. I'm born again. Jesus is my Lord. Yes, I can share more. Yes, I can. And we need to. We need to declare. But don't get so caught up in the results of things. Just get caught up in your obedience to do. Just obedience to do. You just obedient. You just obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice, but it's just obeying. I'm doing, you know, I never have enough time in the day. I have more things to do, you know. 
I mean, it's just because, and I'm, I mean, I, and I, I get a lot, of, my, my list is big all the time. I mean, I have a big list and I get a lot of things done, you know, and, and I do because I'm just going for it. But the thing about this is that there, it never gets finished, but it's like, that's okay. I, I have tomorrow. And if it doesn't, glory to God, Lord, I did my best today. And in Colossians chapter two, look at verse 14. <clears throat> he said this, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us. So I just want you to know that God's for you. He's not against you. God's not got a black book and he's writing. You know what you did the other day? You did this, you did this. No. God's just waiting for you to say, Lord, I love you. Forgive me for missing it. Forgive me. Boom, he just wipes it all clean. God doesn't like to write down. He only likes to write down one time. Write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. He doesn't want to blot it out. He wrote it down in there. He wants it to stay in there. Hallelujah. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And then verse 15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Amen. He says he spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show of them openly, triumphing. Jesus defeated the devil, paraded them around, and said, This guy is done. (laughs) Do you know what the Bible says is? That at the end of the world, when we're all standing there, before the angels and they take the devil and they're going to throw him in the lake of fire. Do you know what the Bible says we're all going to go? We're going to look at him and go, this is he who shook the world? This is, I mean, he's going to look so pathetic and so terrible that we're going to think, I was afraid of this? I was afraid of this? Oh, Wow. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that the devil's been brought to nothing. He was brought to naught, the King James says. So if he was brought to naught, if I took a big old bunch of nothing, right? I got a big old bunch of nothing, and I throw it at you. How hurt are you? Okay, the devil's been brought. His power has been stripped. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. We know he's very good at what he does. And he gets people to, to work with him very, very well. He gets them to side in with him. But what you have to understand is that glory to God, you need to know that Jesus made a show of him open. You need to know that he blotted out the handwriting of, of the laws of the order, everything that was against him. Now look at verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or what you eat, in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of any new moon, or of any of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body of Christ. Verse 18, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility of worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vanity puffed up by his fleshly mind. He says, and not holding the head, talking about Jesus, from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increase with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ, if you've been born again, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, that means you're hid in Christ with God. Amen? Hallelujah. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, aren't you glad that we don't have to deal with all the junk of the world? Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rudiments simply means elements. All of the things that are going on around us in the world. The elements of the world. And then it says, why, as though living in the world, are you still subject to those elements? 
He says, touch not, taste not, handle not. Amen? Glory to God. Verse th- 1 of chapter 3. Amen? You're just going to get what I've been just putting down on the inside of me. It's just so good. Hallelujah. If you then be risen with Christ. Woohoo! You know, we're going to celebrate he was raised from the dead. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, or verse 6, it says, we've been raised up together with Christ. We've been raised up together. Hallelujah. By faith, you're in. See, that's why Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Wait a minute, Paul, you weren't even there. You were not even in Jerusalem. You were not even there when he was, when he, when he was raised from the dead. He was not. But he knew that when he got born again, he said, woohoo, Jesus said, I was raised up together with him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection or set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. That just preached me happy. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that nobody can bring you under bondage in the law of Moses? How Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses. Jesus made the law of Moses obsolete. Amen. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the power of God. Thank God for what they, and thank God that the only means that we have right now to reach the father is through the blood of Jesus. And thank God that his blood was shed for us and we received that and we have peace through the blood. Let's get peace with ourselves that we're okay. Now we need to work for God. We need to do the, you know, we want to do things. We got to do, we're, you know, when I say we're okay, we're okay that we know we're going to make heaven. Now, we may not be doing things. We may be slacking off on the obedience of God in a lot of areas. We need to, you know, get ourselves. Amen? It's kind of like, you know, when I was raising my kids, I always loved my kids. There was times I didn't like them because they were disobedient. And they didn't do the right things. Amen? They weren't perfect, you know. But the, the key was is that, okay, you know, here's how we're going to handle this, you know. You never lose your standing in the family. You're always the child, uh, you know, always a butler. You're always going to be here. But you're about to lose and not get some of the great rights and privileges that you're supposed to have because you are not doing what you supposedly need to do. And so there are things that are going to cost you if you don't get in line with what is what's supposed to be happening because there are blessings for doing this. We all get to make heaven. We need to get peace with that we're going to make heaven. And then we need to say, okay, there's going to be rewards. Because at the judgment seat of Christ, we're all going to get judged for what we did on the earth, not for being born again or anything. See, we don't get to go to the white, great white throne judgment. Glory to God. That's all the people that didn't make Jesus Lord of that. We get to go to, the, to the, the judgment seat of Christ, which simply means that's where he's our mediator. God judges us through him, his blood. How to, but what's going to get judged is our works, what we do. Do we do wood, hay, or stubble? What are we doing on the earth? See, the reason we bring condemnation on ourselves is because we're not sure of our pure relationship with God that no matter what, I still get to make heaven. Because we're letting the burden of sin mess us up. Amen? Understand, he nailed that burden of sin on the cross. It's in the blood. It's under the blood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's just so awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Because you need to understand that when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, he totally defeated the devil. Totally. Totally. He was the... He did it. He, He... he, the devil thought, see, if you read that, because 
uh, in First in Corinthians chapter two, it says this: it had the, had the you know the, the princes of this world knew what was going to happen, they would have never crucified the Lord of Glory. They would have never done. It. Are you kidding? Because when they did that, they thought, "Oh, we got him. We got the Son of God. We got him." Yoo-hoo! Boy, what a mistake! Because they had the presence of God just in one spot. They had the presence in the Holy of Holies, and they had the presence just on Jesus. But when Jesus died, his death, burial, and resurrection, glory to God, that temple thing, that curtain just ripped from top to bottom, and the Spirit of God left there, and it entered into you and I. Hallelujah. And it's been covering the earth over and over and over. And they went, oh my, we just turned loose everything. We all in trouble. And then Jesus rose there, and the one person we killed, we can't even keep dead. Hallelujah. He blew it, and he knew it, and, he, and, and, and you know, he didn't have any understanding. Of it. He was defeated, defeated, defeated. Hallelujah. Amen? Now back up, if you would, to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, and we'll close on this one. Because this, this, did you, why are you shouting close? This, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. It's so good. This makes me excited. It does. It does. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you know who resurrected you, when you know who's for you, you know something, it just changes everything. You know who's on your side, and everybody starts talking about things, you just start smiling. You got no idea. I got inside information. We already won. You don't even know. I already know we win. We already won. You, you can't beat us. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. Now, that's the King James Version. Let me just share you what that exactly means. It says you were buried with him in baptism because when you got baptized into Christ, when you accepted it, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. At his resurrection, this is what it means, and this is what you know, the Lord is being in the spirit. We are risen with him. And here's the best part. I wrote it down on my notes. Here's the best part. It's awesome. I'm like, God, that means I was raised up by the faith of God himself. It was raised up by the operation of God, by the faith of the operation of God, by the faith of God who hath raised him from the dead. Who raised Jesus from the dead? God did. The Bible says that. The Bible says God raised Jesus from the dead. God raised him from the dead. But God also said, he who raised him from the dead by the opera, by the faith and the opera, by the faith of God, he raised me. He raised you. God raised us up. His faith. We are raised up by the faith of God himself. God himself released faith to raise up you and I and to raise up Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He raised us up. God did. And if God made it, and if you say, well, I believe in God, well, he made the earth. And if the earth is still here because God said, so the earth is here. So every time you get up and there's still a sunrise and a sunset and then we're all here, God's faith is still working. And God raised us up. God himself, his faith. God God's faith raised you and I up. Amen. Says, why you know you're raised up? God said his faith. When you see the world, I get up. You're here, I'm here. Guess what? God's face working. God's face working. (laughs) All right, let's do this. It's 801. We got to get done. Hallelujah. Jesus, the risen one, holds the keys of death. 
Satan doesn't hold them anymore. Jesus does. Therefore, Satan can't take my life. He can't do anything he wants to. He is not the master over my life. He's not master over my death. Jesus is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, why? Because Revelations 1.18, he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ, we have life We have forgiveness, we are blessed, we are healed, we are loved, we are accepted, we are victorious, and we are seated together with him at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. So do not, do not put yourself down. Do not blame yourself. You are holy and unblameable, hallelujah, and unreprovable, which simply means glory to God, you are worthy. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you that we're your kids. We're your children. You love us. You are an amazing God. You are an amazing, amazing God. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that you have made peace with us through the blood on the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Lord, we have peace with you. We have peace with ourselves and we have peace with others. No, Lord, we honor you and thank you that you raised us up by your faith and your faith is going to hold us. Hallelujah. And Lord, I honor you for that. Father, I'm just sharing with the body of Christ. This is Holy Week. This is what we're doing, but I'm sharing with the body of Christ. My heart is people get born again, that they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they not walk in fear, that they not walk with the burden of sin. See, many people who oh, Jesus, I know he forgave my sin, but I've missed it after I've gotten saved. Yeah, that's where forgiveness comes in. That's where you let the burden go. First John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. And he cleanses you from all that. But you know, they, they, God not only did nail your sin, but he nailed the burden of your sin. The cost and the, pre- the price and everything. Well, I have, but I, I did it, so I'm going to, no, hallelujah. Jesus paid the price not only for that, but for the burden of it too. Father, we honor you for it. Love you and praise you. Thank you that we've been raised up by the faith of God. Hallelujah. So Jesus is risen. He was raised up by the faith of God. We've been raised up by the operation of the faith of God. Lord, we honor you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.